I just did. Again. Okay. okay. So you've hit the live button. We're going I've hit and the we're live un- button. We're unprepared because of me. Well, no, that's not not totally true. I'm unprepared pretty much all the time and flying by the seat of my pants, as usual. <clears throat> I hear you. I hear you. Well, okay. Well, we're going live somewhere because I'm seeing some people popping in. Yeah. Well, that's always a good... Oh, I guess, well, let me double check notifications. I got a YouTube notification, so I think we're live over there. Um, I'm sure you're probably on Twitter or close to it, so maybe check Twitter and see if we are live. Does my audio sound good tonight? Ah, uh, you sound pretty good, pretty good. I have gotten no yeah. notifications on Twitter, mm. so if anybody's out there watching in Twitter land, you know, let us know. And uh, YouTube, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, no, we're. I got the YouTube notification. I'll check Twitter real quick. And yeah, we got some people coming on board. What are we up to? Twenty something, about twenty people so far. Everybody, let us know in the comments if the audio sounds good tonight. We're as usual, kind of winging it. So, hey, the sure. first, the first person to comment tonight, Jennifer Humphreys Menard. Ah. I, you know, maybe we need to make that a thing. Is uh, whoever is the first person or to comment? You know, I don't know what. Yeah, they get the high achiever award. <laughs> we would come up with something. So yeah, we could definitely uh, come up with some kind of little award. So all right, so Val Baker just liked the video on Facebook. That means that we are on Facebook. Uh, yeah. So yeah, good deal. So- all right. Folks are filling in. I see D.D. White-Clark, Robin Simmons, Greg Bell is here. Hey, Greg. Hope things are doing well out there. Oh, he's at Valley Forge. How about that? Yeah, just uh, a world traveler. Yep. Uh, Jessica Maddox and Chris Menard. So Yeah. All right, so what's what's on tap tonight? Well, I've kind of got us a little list. Um, First of all, we have a guest coming on, uh, you know, pretty much after we get out of the the, uh, intro and the comments and, you know, uh, anyway, so it'll be on about 715-ish sometime around there, 720, I don't know, we'll figure it out. But anyway, uh, John Milkovich is going to come on. And then I topic number two, if you look at the screen, is there can be only one. Did you know that we're about to have a new Bossier Parish schools superintendent? Now, I hate to break your bubble, but we already called it. In fact, we called it several shows ago. We we said who it was going to be. Before yeah, they I think I do remember it. that. Yeah, what what soothsayers we are. How, how could we know? How is yeah. that possible? I, I mean, and if, if you're a t- if you're a teacher out there in Bozier Parish, I'm I'm just dying. I mean, did you have any doubts? <laughs> <laughs> the soothsayers. I mean, That's we'll just call the show the Bozier Soothsayers. How about that? I, I I guess. I mean, I'm probably the only people that didn't know for sure were other coaches. <laughs> nah. I mean, you know, because you you have to be a coach. So if there was other coaches considering throwing their names in there. Maybe they didn't know, but obviously they got the message at the last minute, I'm guessing. Oh, but it's it's like that movie The Highlander, there can be only one. So Yeah, that's I, that's right. I expect Jason <laughs> Rowland at the meeting to pull his sword out, you know, and do the whole thing and lightning come down and all that good stuff. All right. Anyway, so we're also gonna talk for a few minutes about Nancy Landry and the Johnny Gray Jones Youth Shelter. 
um, which honestly I didn't realize was still open, and it's just right up the road from my house. I go by it pretty much every day. Uh, well, but you apparently know, it is closing down. I, I didn't even know it was still open. Yeah, that's a that's a serious hot topic right there. And uh, I mean, they're on Bozier City sewer wa- sewer and water, so I mean, they're they probably don't have to worry about nothing. But <clears throat> that's a Bozier Parish thing. And right. hey, my wife is watching, but I got to tell you, I I'm intrigued. Plain dealing cougars. Well, sure, we're we're gonna talk about cougars. Do you know what my wife? Do you know what my wife said? What she said? Wait, she said, "Are y'all talking about women?" I was like, "Oh, that's the first thing that comes to her mind." Right. (laughs) We're gonna talk about some. Well, I guess that could go either way because we're gonna talk about some cats. Mm. Well, okay. Well, hey, hey, did you see? I I can't even pronounce this guy's name. What at the Republican debate? Uh, Swat. Vic Ramaswamy or whatever. I Ramos- can't say his name either, but it doesn't matter. I like the guy. I mean, look, it, the, he he's kind of said some stuff about like what you say. And and I, I mean, I had a flashback of you, but then he took he took a couple of shots. And uh, you want to hear it? Did you hear it? I hadn't heard it, but yeah, let's play it real quick and then we'll go to the break. So let me uh, let me share your screen just a second. Are you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> right, let me share your screen. Yeah, go ahead and uh, hit play and hopefully everybody can hear it. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020. 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats would have Christian Welker here? You think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. <laughs> Mr. Roger, oh. this is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media. I, that, that's he's my he, kind of guy. I'm sorry. He is. He could have just dropped the mic and walked out right then. Yeah, he could have. I mean, he's got the sound bites going. Absolutely. But, you know, our next guest is probably going to say something in regards to what he just said, because, I mean, here this is a Republican debate. We've got all this Republican crap going on. You know, we got the, the, the presidential thing coming up. Everybody's getting all amped up. Does it really matter? Does any of it really matter? And, oh, and the reason I say that, does it really matter? Because are the people that we're electing, is that? actually who is getting elected how can we know how can we be sure 
Well, that's a good point. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and go to the intro and the uh, uh, little break, and we'll come back out of it. And on the backside, we'll start answering some of those questions, and uh, we'll go ahead and bring our guest in after that. How about that? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, folks, y'all know the drill. Uh, while this is going on, we'll be back in about three minutes or so or whatever. But go ahead and get you some popcorn ready. Grab you a good stiff drink because you're going to need it tonight. We will be back in about, oh, I don't know, about three minutes. Snoo, a lot of the back office on the politicians that they think walk on water, uh, they would be shocked. You know, there's an old wound from a knife in my back that just is giving me heck lately and it's just really irritating so i have to kind of wiggle around a little bit well I, i've not heard my name in stable or baton rouge in stable in the same sentence in a long time and i titled it a shot across the bow of the good old boys just you know they feel helpless they don't feel heard they have nowhere to turn some republicans as well believe that government has the answers and let me tell y'all something I don't know anything government does well, nothing. And aren't there laws that say that you have public meetings so that the public can have accountability of their elected officials? They're making a little bit of progress, but I would definitely have to give, uh, give the race to Caddo Parish right now. I don't know, is there anybody from Plain Dealing watching, you think? As a member of the media, I'm very concerned about the what I've just heard. Did you or did you not requisition uh, money to fight against this or for you? We hire a, uh, a lobbyist that cost us fifteen thousand dollars. We were opposed to a bill six So for this week, folks, the cockroach of the week, according to Bozier Watch and Duke Lowry and Rex Moncrief, is Raymond Cruz, legislative assistant. <laughs> Allie Feaster-Smith. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> well, I'm not thinking Star Wars at all. I'm thinking <laughs> zombie apocalypse. No way. Oh, okay, it was not okay. You know it wasn't David Montgomery. David okay. ain't gonna jump off in there with Chris. Okay. Do it. He'd soon spit on him as he would even look at him. Man, this is a Mickey D's Krispy Kreme wheat, didn't you know? Who, who's paying y'all, and if you're driving on the roads, are you safe? Uh, it's on the road, yeah. Well, I know you're on the road, but, I mean, is this all folks coming from the border down there? Yeah, it's going to the border. It's actually going to Mexico, the buses. Doesn't mean they interpret it the same way that I do. For instance, the Second Amendment. I take it very literally. That's been interpreted different ways in the court system all the way up to SCOTUS. Yeah, that's only going to cause more division that he claims he doesn't want to cause. And it's only going to cause more suspicion. We're still right now combined on both pages in YouTube at 264 people watching. That is amazing folk. Coleman Project, the Walker Place deal. Through conscious shocking actions. The purpose of their actions was to stop plaintiffs, being the Ewell Coleman and, and associated groups, not from developing Walker Place. But here's a key thing, which in turn would enrich sitting city council members Scott Irwin and David Montgomery Jr. You hit the button. Does that mean that uh, people are like seeing us sitting here talking and well, chatting? In theory, you know, it's an every week thing. We got to double check and make sure it's like a miracle any of this actually works. 
This Bossier Watch live broadcast is brought to you by The Outdoor News, fishing and outdoors for our area. Acadiana Mortgage, over 25 years in the mortgage business. Pelican Training and Consulting, reach out to Julie Ferris. Transact Card, unleash the power of your spending with Z-Bucks. Contact Renee Hall, Smarter Geek, making technology easier. And folks sharing information and watching out for Bozier. Now, grab your popcorn and a drink. Here we go. And here we are. Well, <laughs> you sound, is that <laughs> exasperated? Would that be the right word or what's that? I don't know. It's just like, it seems like it's been boring the last uh, week. I mean, good grief. Well, I mean, what do we got to do? What do we have to do to get the Boulder City Council to start meeting every week? I know. And get them to say stupid things. So we have the good sound bites for the show. I don't know. I tell you what, though, I, I have had an exciting last couple of days. Did you know we sold a couple of hats? How about that? You don't the hats are The hats are actually live. You can go to bozierwatch.org or .com and buy a hat right now online. We've actually had somebody already do it. And I delivered both of the hats that we sold. So, you, you know, like you gave me one of those hats and like I don't right. wear it because I don't want to get it dirty because it's such a nice hat. I don't well, want to mess I mean, it up, so I don't want yeah, to wear it. Yeah, mine's kind of got a little bit of a sweat stain on it, um, and I gave you the other good one. So, um, But we do have a couple of, uh, I'll show you this one. Let's see if I can get it up in the camera here. So we got the nice, you know, hunter orange one. Uh, it's not actually hunter orange. It's a little deeper than that. We got nice charcoal gray right there. Uh, and they're the Richardson 112. So we are in the merchandise business. You know what the only downside to this is? I get, well, I guess I'm going to have to pay the city sales tax to the city. I wonder if they'll take <laughs> our sales tax payments. They may throw <laughs> it at us. Well, do does Bozier City regulate internet land? I mean, I don't know. I got to figure it out. <laughs> so anyway, I, I have no idea. I'm making much like our show. I'm making that up as I go along as well. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I had a little bit of fun myself uh, this last few days of the weekend. In fact, uh, me and my wife and my daughter, we took a little time to get out in the woods. It was uh, it was fun. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I got a video that you sent. Uh, to show let me get through responding to a couple of comments here uh yes give me a second let me pull up that video too because it was uh pretty cool for those of us that love to be out in the woods this time of the year let me see if i can get all this going oops wait we don't want to see city council video so uh here we go i'm gonna roll the video yeah just you know no monster, but I think he's fixing to charge my deer stand. Yeah, he might <laughs> jump up in it with you. He just walked on by. He's on the trail or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually. <laughs> he actually, might be on the trail of some of those cougars. <laughs> actually, he's getting out of Dodge. I mean, right after he came running by, a big old hog came barreling out right behind him. And then right behind him was a coyote. <laughs> so, it's like a zoo up there. Yeah. Or literally. a Disney movie. Well, speaking of zoos, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, 
cougars. I mean, I don't know. I mean, just there's a lot of things going on cougars, in Plain Dealing. Cougars, bears, and pigs, oh my. Yeah, more, lots more of things of, going on there. Yeah, and you know, the, the dog dumping, I don't know if you saw it, but Plain Dealing Town Talk, I mean, I seen another uh, post about, you know, new dogs just showing up in people's yards up there. That's crazy. We'll have to figure out what's going on north. All right, so we'll talk about some of that. Let's go ahead and... Uh... I guess here in just a minute or so, we'll go ahead and bring our guest on and uh, see what he's got to say. How about that? Yeah, let's do it to it. All right, let's see if I can click the right screen button. Let's see. Let me do that, and let me turn his volume up. Can you hear us? Absolutely, Duke and Rex. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. You guys hey. are famous, or did you say infamous, outfamous? Infamous, um, like El Guapo infamous. I think um, west of the Red River, you're out famous, and maybe east of the Red River, you're infamous. There you go. Good way to put it. So how are you this evening? Doing good. Doing good. Um, so what what know, brings I, you to our lovely Badaud here? Okay, well, I'm going to make a disclaimer that I'm, uh, I'm not promising to present any original ideas. Of course, I'm a church guy, as y'all know, and I don't drink. But having said that, I probably think a lot like Joe the bartender at Ramada Inn. So I'm I'm an expert at the obvious when I've been staring at it a long time. And, and this <laughs> is what I'm seeing, and I, it's, it's what everybody in America is seeing. And maybe we can get it in a framework. We can get our get a handle on it. But they're trying to kill Trump, okay? And I love what uh, Vivek... Uh, Ramaswamy? I'm not sure if I said his name right. I love the great speeches, but this is what I'm going to say, and hopefully this isn't too controversial. Uh, and, and he may be a good guy, but he ought to be on the Trump bandwagon. And I'll say that because I've, I've been in some campaigns and lost some and got elected to Louisiana Senate once when I didn't run against the machine. Robert uh, Richard Burford's a great guy, by the way. But I'll say this. I don't think – I think we're at a point in our history as a nation and as a state – it's not about voting for the people that have the prettiest speeches. At this point in my life, and I'm a little bit north of 60, I hate to admit, I think we need to vote for the people that are willing to go parking lot, they are willing to fight, willing to throw punches, that got blood on them. And frankly, there's some smart people in the Republican Party running for president. I'm voting for Trump. If he's in jail, I'm voting for him. He's got blood on him. He's fought. He's fighting for me. He's imperfect. He's magnificently flawed. But he's fighting for us. Um, and this is, if you give me about 20 seconds, I'm going to run. He fought abortion. He kept us out of wars. He didn't go into war so his friends could make money. He's fought Red China. Can I say that again? He's fought Red China. He's against the isms. Global. Globalism, communism, socialism, Marxism, atheism. He's fought the isms. He fought riots and crime. He stood up to this crazy ur waves of urban crime. Uh, he's protected. He tried to protect our border. He said America should maintain its sovereignty. He took on crooked elections, fixed elections. He took on, he's exposing judicial corruption the hard way by getting, uh, they're trying to pulverize them in open court on, on national TV. And he even took on excessive regulation. So anyway, that was too long a speech, but I'm saying I'm backing him because not because of pretty speeches. He's a fighter. He throws punches. He's taking some punches. And really, let's get real. He's putting his whole life, his whole career, his family, his finances, his future on the line to fight for America. Well, you want to know why I voted for Trump both times and why I would vote for him again? Because I, I could care less if he runs naked across the White House lawn. 
that I don't care what else he does. Supreme Court picks and federal judiciary picks. That's it. Other than that, I don't care what he does. I don't fall for the drain the swamp mantra. That's a good campaign slogan, but that's never going to happen. Uh, it's literally the judicial picks. So I, what what do you say to that? Great point. but And that's absolutely an important point. And we got a Supreme Court that finally said, look, states can outlaw abortion. People have been fighting that for 50 years. But I'll say this, Rex. You're absolutely right that he cannot drain the swamp by himself. He's surrounded by the deep state. And this is another issue for another day. The civil bureaucrats under the federal law that needs to be changed, uh, Duke and Rex, they, they get appointed. And it almost takes a, an act of Congress to fire them. But there's important that there be somebody fighting the swamp. Because now, for the last, what is it, um, three and a half years, three years, whatever, we've had somebody who's not even fighting the swamp. He's he's not draining the swamp. I like he's like opening, uh, yeah, he he is um, open the floodgates to turn all of America into swamp. I mean, okay, guys, this is one example. You can name well, here, a million. Here, wait, let me stop you, John. I want to ask stop you me. a question. Stop me because. You know, you and I, the first time I met you, it was probably 20, almost 30 years ago at a fire station in Bossier City, downtown Bossier City. And you came in and you were talking to all of us and, you know, the speed at which you're talking right now and the you you were you were that animated then and you're still that animated today. And. That's what I want to know. How, how, how is, how are some people able to, you know, maintain uh, being as motivated as you are over that period of time? It's, it's not a new thing for you. <laughs> you're, you're in it. But how, how is it that you're so motivated and, and some people are, and I would say a, uh, minority of people and the overwhelming majority of people are asleep. And is it because they know something we don't? Is it because that a lot of people had just given up and there's no way it's going to move? We're going to move the needle. We're going to change it. The only way is for it to be just completely be destroyed and, and, and annihilated and we start over. I mean, how can you maintain your your positivity? Because well, you, you, would, you would have to be positive to even be advocating that we can still make a difference. Yeah. Well, great question. But I, I'll point to two examples that, are, that I'm looking at on the screen. What about Duke Lowry and Rex Moncrief? How many years have you been doing your show? And you guys have attacked the issues in Bossier Parish. Then you said, that's not enough. We're going to do a Louisiana watch. and We're going to attack statewide issues. And you're going to get into issues like election integrity that make lots of people nervous, including establishment Republicans in Louisiana. That's... A, topic for another day. So you guys haven't let up. And this is what I'll say to you. This this is my thought, and you guys can tell me how I'm wrong. Again, this is perspective of Joe, the bartender at Ramada Inn, because I think he's a really smart guy, and he doesn't take money from lobbyists, so he can be totally honest. Joe, the bartender at Ramada Inn, says, there's a lot of people. If you go around the community, you guys are out in the community. You're not just talking to uh, corporate lawyers and bankers. I mean, you're out with salt of the earth, working class people. They're all saying the same things that we are. They're saying they're taking out Trump, not because he did all these bad things, but because they're afraid of him. They don't want him to take on the globalists and communists. They're saying that 
this is crazy that we are having, we're being overrun at the southern border. And now, you know, I'm just hearing from people on the street in Shreveport that this isn't just about uh, sub, uh, subverting our, our culture. This is potentially about creating a standing army of foreigners in America that could, at the flick of a switch or the command from a globalist, take us over. And I, I guess I said all that, people are fired up. But we don't have our hands on the levers of power. We're not in control of the White House. We're not in control of the Senate. We have a slim margin in the House, and it's a House that really needs to be, I think, energized and militarized to fight. Okay, CIA, I'm not saying to, to viol you know, uh, violence and breaking the law, but they need to take on the, the deep state. Um, they, they, the, the leftists have control of the media. They have control of the social media. They have control of the big pharmacies. They have control of the... the deep state administrative agencies um what is it they well, don't have control over? It, well and that bring you bring up a good point and you're pretty much right but here's my question to that and it'll so i'm going to ask the question then explain it a little bit um the question is why do they have control of it because look the republican party traditionally we, we know that this it goes both ways, but traditionally the Republican Party is considered the party of the old rich white folks. There's a little bit of truth to that, but we know the Democrats obviously have plenty of money too on the Democratic side. But why do they have control of all this? Why can't the Republicans figure out, why can't the RNC figure out how to do things technically as good or better than the liberals and the Democrats? Why can't we do it? There's no okay, excuse. I, I said all those areas that they have, the left has their hands on the levers of power from the White House to the Senate, to the media, to the social media, to big pharmacy, to big government, to administration. You know what else they have their hands on the levers of power? And you guys know this better than I do. You're, you're allowing me to look smart and say things that y'all already know. I've talked about a hundred times. They've got control of the voting in this country. And I will say this, and I've made some people ticked off in Louisiana, including some people very, very powerful. I mean, when I ran for state senate, I'm a country lawyer that lives in Keithville. I had a U.S. senator coming out and, and coming against me to, to get some guy elected who, you know, is probably a nice guy, but he's not, a, he's not what we would consider a traditional conservative. I fought liberal, anyway, I fought communism as hard as anybody from 2016 to 2020 when I had a D behind my name. But... I guess my point is, in Louisiana, um, they're, it's someone saying that the Republicans eat their own. But I will say this, and this is a very unpopular thing, but I think people need to be thinking about it. Because I think, I think there is a core of powerful Republicans in this state. does not include Duke Lowry and Rex, because you guys are men of integrity. You're Christians. You're family guys. You love America. You love our republic. That are tied in with Red China and or Dominion. This is a fact. David Vitter has been, he's former U.S. Senator, he's been paid millions of dollars to lobby for communist Chinese interests. Kyle Rucker, and I'm going to call him Kyle Red China Rucker. I guess I can call him names after he sent out hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of mailers lying about me in the 2023 campaign that ended about a month ago. He's accepted at least $40,000 to lobby for a communist Chinese plant, interest that are operating in South Louisiana. So you and by the way, he was the campaign manager for uh, uh, for Vitter, Who? and he was the staff, Kyle Rucker. He was the well, staff no. director. What okay. what company is that? Uh, the Kyle Records. Well, he was a. Uh, I'm sorry. Say that. Let me make. The, sure what what company was that that he was lobbying for? That's of communist China. Um, 
I can't. Okay, I'd have to go back and look at my research to find the exact name of it. But it's it's a documented fact. Um, in fact, he was he was um, ridiculing John Bell Edwards for you know being friendly and cozy with the communist Chinese, and he had to take down his uh, Facebook posts and attacks when someone pointed out, "Look, aren't you taking money from communist Chinese interests?" So that's Kyle Rucker, who was the money man for David Vitter. He, who is who is the chief of the Jeff Landry's transition team? Do y'all know who? Kyle Rucker. Who's the main money man for Kennedy and Cassidy? Boy, I'm making people all over the state mad at me. But somebody needs to tell the truth. Um, I think we need to be united against Red China and Dominion. And I think Trump is willing to do that. And he's got blood on him. And he's willing to throw punches. So if he's in jail, like right. I said, I'm going to him. So I got a question for you because... Uh, <laughs> I'm making about, too many people mad now. Oh, that's okay. But about we we do we, that all the time. We but, do it all, <laughs> the time. Yeah, do that all the time. I'm yeah, in, jo- in, join the club. So I got a question for you, though. In, in all seriousness, because we hear red China, China this, China that. It's either China, it's Mexico, whatever. Literally, about an hour before the show, yeah. I had my wife looking up on Timu. Now I don't know if you've seen Timu, but it's basically the Amazon from China. All right. And she, I had her looking up some uh, polyester sport shirts with the little hoodies that I like to fish in, sun shirts and all that. And the same shirts that I pay on Amazon or anywhere else for thirty something dollars, you can get off a of Timu for eight bucks. They're the same shirts because they're all being made in China. So my question is, what happens if we eliminate China? We prosper, you know, our, but, 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 but hold on a second. All right. So I want you to expand on that. I don't want just the talking point because you have to understand the transition of things that are going to have to come back to the USA or some other, uh, you know, foreign country that are producing these, we would have to transition back. Electronics is one of them. And we've seen before Apple did, Apple did the initiative somewhat to try to bring some of their production back to the u.s guess what it didn't work out it drives the price up too much and that's always the the excuse so my question is without just using a talking point when we eliminate red china what are we going to do about production and manufacturing that has been gone now for decades okay we are running a trade deficit. I'm so glad you got into this. You guys are so smart. Okay. Um, I, I, you guys are so so much smarter than the people on ABC, CBS, and NBC, but I don't know if that's much of a compliment. I, I hope it is. But yeah, you know, it could go either so, way. So we're doing about a 350 to $400 billion a year deficit with Red China. So over the last, what is it? And I don't have the exact number. Is it 25, 28 years that we gave them most favored nation trading status? America has transferred trillions of dollars of our wealth to communist China. So what are they doing with it? They are perfecting their nuclear strike capability to wipe out America. Of course, they're running uh, concentration camps, excuse me, re-education camps for the Uyghurs. And according to the United States government, one of the things they got right, they said uh, the United States government has accused them of genocide. They're, they're smuggling fentanyl over our borders. They're buying up our land. They're sending uh, female, you know, I hate to say it, but whatever. I, I better be but, politically But correct. hold, hold on. Let me, to, to undermine us. 
hold on. I want to stop you there and, and not get too far off on the talking points because you made a good point. All right. That we've sent all this production and manufacturing and wealth over there. And that is true. I would argue they would have got the nukes anyway. I mean, India has nukes. It's not like we sent all of our wealth and money over to the country of India. I mean, we do support them somewhat, but not that much. So my question is, yeah, we've transferred wealth over there. But again, when I can go and buy shirts at $8, bring them over here, have somebody print my logos on them and turn around and sell those shirts for $35, I'm bringing some of that wealth back. So what do you say to that? You know, we have more than any other nation on the earth, we have created communist China. And they're the most horrific most genocidal, most murderous regime probably in world history. I mean, they're, who are their competitors? Hitler, uh, Stalin, Soviet Union, Genghis Khan. I mean, they are murderers of their own people, and they're ready and willing to do that to us if they get their... I mean, they're destroying us. And I, we have a former U.S. senator, David Vitter, come on the show, let's have the debate. I mean, he, he can't even deny it. It's it's published in the major uh, news... Uh, um, vehicles in America, the major newspapers that he's lobbying for communist China. And more than that, it's documented in the uh, federal records that he's required to file with the federal government. Somebody just said we were created, we created red China. That's what I was trying to say. And then somebody else is saying as NAFTA has taken manufacture, these people that are sending these texts are doing better preaching than I am. We're getting killed. We're getting killed in, uh, in international trade, but specifically we have created red China and you know, they're monsters. And if anyone thinks if they've killed millions of their own people, um, there's this great professor, uh, was it RJ Rummel? I think is his name that did, um, that talks about the state, the government as being death by government. And he's done multiple books. He, he's gone now, but his opus, the focus of his work is how governments commit democide. Uh, wiping out entire people groups. China's at the top, Red China's at the top of that group. If they're going to murder, what is it, 30, 40, 50, 60 million of their own so, people, that they're going to balk at killing Americans if they get a chance? So, okay, John, I would be, I would be being disingenuous if I okay. didn't challenge you here. So I have to challenge you. Go ahead. In 1994, what was your party affiliation? I was a Democrat. I, th I think right. I was a Democrat, or either independent and, or Democrat. I mean, that's going back so far. And in 1994, and I had to look it up because I wanted to make sure I was right, I think Clinton was the president, and Clinton, Bill Clinton is who signed NAFTA, who, who made that law. So isn't where we're at today and what we're talking about a result of Democrat policies, you know, that have uh, come full uh, circle today? Largely. Sure it is. Absolutely. Well, Democrats and Republicans, they're both. Yeah, I'm not just blaming this on Republicans. The Democrats have, have got, they've had their elbows in the cookie jar too, up to their elbows, Republicans and Democrats selling us out. And, you know, the old school Democrats, John Kennedy, by the way, Billy Graham, I don't know if you knew that. I think he was a Democrat. They're turning over in their graves what the Democrats are doing, selling out America. There was a point, and I think it was back in the 90s, when the Democrats were actually voting against most favored nation trading status for communist China. And then now it's flipped. Um, you know, it's like everybody's for it. I mean, 
why why can't we make it illegal for them to buy land in America? Why can't we make it illegal for them to pay uh, lobbyists in America? Why can't we make it illegal for foreign countries to lobby in America? Why can't we say, look, we don't want we allow them to come and study at our universities and research with our people. No, I think we're we're in an undeclared war or from China's perspective. How, all right, all right, hold hold on. Sorry, dude. I don't All right. No, not just that. You you going down another tangent too. So lobbying. All right. What is wrong with lobbying? And, and I'm no expert on that. I mean, you you've been a politician, you probably have a much better handle on it than I do. What is wrong with lobbying per se if the politicians don't fall for the lobbying? Oh, they do. Uh, well, <laughs> but that's the problem. So you can't you can't blame it on the foreign country, this lobby or that lobby or this lobby. If the politicians didn't have their hand out and were taking the quasi bribes, Absolutely. it's not the lobbyists' fault. We've got well, it's their fault, and it's the politicians' fault. And communist China has no moral compass; they have no conscience. They're all at fault. And who's suffering? America's, you know, I think we're very in great danger right now. And I think we're in danger because, like I said, they've got their hands not just on the White House, the Senate, the the, the mainstream media, the social media, the big pharma, the deep state, huge government bureaucracy, they've got their hands on, on the voting machines. And, okay, so let's bring this full circle. Uh, the research, this is not a conspiracy theory, this is fact. Dominion is a communist Chinese controlled and owned entity. Uh, Dominion, th that's the company, by the way, that counts votes in 20, I think it's 28 states in the United States of America, including Louisiana. Um, they are they are controlled by the board of a private equity firm that's owned by the Communist Chinese Party. The co the president of the Communist Chinese Bank is on the board that controls what Dominion does. Before the 2020 election, about with it, less than a month before the 2020 election, Communist Chinese interests gave 400 million dollars to the Dominion corporate uh, subsidiary, corporate family, whatever you want to call it, their corporate structure. So we've got a communist Chinese country counting votes in Louisiana. Why aren't our conservative Republicans in Baton Rouge, why aren't they hollering and screaming about Dominion? And I, I've been down do you, there. I've do you, think the, do you think the vote do you think the vote in Louisiana was rigged in twenty twenty for Trump? I don't know that it was. He, he won by a landslide in Louisiana. Do you think it was rigged for him? No, I don't think that at all. But Rex, okay, no, I, a serious question because I've got my own problem. I, I've got my own problems with our voting system, and full disclosure for everybody watching, because we're talking about voting and Dominion and all that. If Facebook or YouTube drops us all, drops us off, switch over to Twitter and find us on Twitter. We'll still be there. But anyway, with all that said, so I'm sorry, I don't want to get you on. Oh no, I, I don't care if we get booted or not. So, but it's a serious question, and here's the other question. If all this was conspiring and happening, why did it only happen in certain states? I mean, why didn't they why didn't they rig it for for uh, Biden in Louisiana too? I mean, Louisiana's there are more Democrats registered in the state of Louisiana than there are Republicans. You know the answer better than I do. Uh, than I do. They didn't need to rig it in all the states. They needed to rig it in enough states to win, and I believe they did. I'm I'm an election denier. I'll admit it. And and to me. The further we go into this investigation, more and more experts coming out of the woodwork, more and more people with eyewitness testimonies. Um, and 
I'll be honest with you. I'm very disappointed that the United States Supreme Court did not wade into this issue and confront the issue of election fraud. Um, somebody says because they are, oh boy, I'll tell you what, you guys have some of the best commentators. Duke, is that beautiful girl, Kara, are she related to you? Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of, sort of. We, we made How babies together. We did. Girl related to you. <laughs> she, that would be his better a, half. <laughs> I met, I've met her. She's a doll. She's a beautiful girl. By the way, Rex, you know why she married Duke? Do you know this? Oh, uh, there's no telling. She thought she thought Duke had money. And oh, he did. The night they got married, he had a twenty dollar bill in his pocket. So I mean, I'm exactly. Look, she knew I could put her on deer in plain dealing. So <laughs> okay, okay. But that's hey, you know, look, okay. So I've been listening here for a little while, right? So. You know, no, they didn't rig Louisiana. You're right, John. There was no point in it. I mean, the, the electoral college votes didn't get you where you needed to be. But that doesn't mean that, you know, down ballot races weren't changed, altered, steered, right. whatever you want to call it. And right. I got to tell you, so like right. this last, this this election cycle, and here we are right now, we have a Secretary of State's race coming up this weekend. I have been actively trying to get Nancy Landry to come on the show to answer questions. And Nancy, Nancy Landry has ignored nope. all of my requests. And I'm not completely surprised, but I will tell you the Democrat reached out to them about coming on the show. And at least I was able to get a response out of the Democrat who said that the night that I asked if they could come on, that they were unavailable. And I think I could probably get them on another night. But the problem, and I've listened to some of the interviews that Nancy Landry has said, and, you know, it's a lot of the Kyle Ardwan talking points. And I like Kyle. I mean, I, I know that you and him have butted heads a little bit. I watched the committee meetings down there in the hearings where you even went down and testified. And he kind of bit your head off just a little bit. But, you know, she kind of is cut of the same cloth as, of, Kyle, of Kyle Ardwan. And, I've heard her interviews and she said, you know, the the statement that we can't audit our elections is just not true. We have risk limiting audits for everybody to go, ooh, we've got risk limiting audits. John, is that worth the paper it's printed on? No. And that's why you guys are so important because Nancy Landry's a Republican. She's being pushed by the establishment Republicans. And she's been sitting at Kyle Ardwan's right hand as one of his chief election officers for you know several years. Hasn't said anything about the fact that our votes in Louisiana are literally counted by a communist Chinese entity called Dominion. They count our votes. But this is this is where the the, the rubber meets the road. They control now, not now, only. Now the wait a minute. How how are they counted by Dominion? I want to wrap my head around it because I went to my polling right. place up at Cypress Baptist Church. And it's it's one of those old DRE machines. Now, how did Dominion count that? Okay, they own the machines. They own the software. And as has been pointed out by uh, election experts all over America and really probably around the world, but for sure, well, we'll just talk about America. This is the point. Do you know where the codes and the software and the and the passwords and the testing for the uh, Dominion software is kept? Shenzhen, China. That was that's been preached 
openly by Colonel uh, Decorated Combat Veteran Phil Waldron and elect, uh, Cyber Election Security Expert Phil Waldron, uh, who's been on the uh, Mike Lindell, one of his videos, shortly after the election. Basically, we don't have the codes to the software. And Colonel Waldron says, this is pretty bizarre. This is the software that counts the votes, and we're counting on the tabulation of these votes. We can't even get into the software to tell whether Duke got 50 votes or 500. We can't tell yeah. whether Nancy Landry got, for example, and this is a fact, Nancy Landry got more, over three times as many votes than Brandon Trostler, the paper ballot guy, supposedly, according to the votes that were tabulated by Dominion. So you think, I mean, I don't think that Dominion is going to allow Brandon Trosclair to win the Secretary of State election when the first thing he's going to do is fire Dominion and say, well, get out of here, take your electronic voting machines, you can sell them as boat anchors in, you know, in a, in well, a South Louisiana bayou. We're going okay. to paper ballots. Okay, I want to challenge you and, and agree with you because one... I would rather you agree with me. <laughs> the the DRE machines, I mean, those, those old antiquated machines, I mean, I don't think Dominion owns those machines. I don't think those are the machines that you're okay. talking so, about. You know, they created, we were, were either leased it from them or bought them from them, but they came from them. And uh, D.D. White, I wanted Brandon to win too. And you're absolutely right. He should have. Um, the people in South Louisiana and people uh, inside baseball people, conservatives in Northwest Louisiana, they do not believe that uh, that Nancy Landry got more than three times as many votes as Brandon Trostler. They don't believe well, it. He had a well, very robust statewide campaign. Well, let me let me say the part that I agree with you on. The part that I agree with you on, how can Nancy, the, the two candidates in the Secretary of State's race that came to Bossier Parish the least in campaign get the most votes in this parish? How is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't believe it. I mean, I, I don't buy it. And, you know, and Nancy Landry, we're supposed to trust her to count votes in Louisiana. Did you all know that she was one of the at the forefront of the movement to cram Common Core down the throats of Louisiana families? You may not have known that. I know that because I was in the legislature for four of the years when she was doing just that. And well, in, well, in the, addition. Well, well, the, the part I, I agreed with you, I, okay. I mean, I disagreed with you on. And Jessica Maddox points out and says that uh, Bossier Parish Library there has the Dominion machines. Yes, she's right. If you go in early vote at the courthouse or you go in early vote at the library, yes, those are those Dominion machines, you know, that, that have the U USB ports on them that with the locks and, you know, you put the card in. They have that that deal. But when you go to the all of the regular voting stations, they've got the old DRE machines that were originally... I don't think it was Dominion. It was the name of another company. Dominion ended up buying that company. Sequoia Pacific before Dominion. But yeah, but they're not. But they're not the Dominion that you're. It's not the machines that you're talking about. We're not. We're not all in on the Dominion right. machines. Like, it's not all Dominion right now. Yeah, I was. Well, I was. Well, to be clear, those those machines do the even the ones that Bozier has, or at least I think they still have the same ones. When I was on the board of election supervisors, were produced by Dominion, but they're not the new machines, and they're offline now. John, you do bring up a good point that we can't see the code. I'm a big advocate for open source code. That's the only way. That's the only way to have it where we can truly do an audit of the code. But 
to Duke's point and what he's saying is we're not all in on Dominion as far as Dominion has access to it other than Dominion does have the, they obviously have written the code that is running on those machines. So if they were evil in the forest 20 years ago or whenever that code was written, then it's still running on the machines. Well, and I mean, you know, as well as I do, you guys are more digitally adept than I am on IT technology and everything. But I mean, so they can be continually revising. But the point is, they're in control of it. So I had a conversation. It's been within the last year and a half, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, I've been incensed about this because it's just crazy. It makes no sense. A Yeah, there's no auditable trail. There's no paper trail. There's no way. There's been no real audit of the of the machines or any of the test results or the software for years. But anyway, I asked one of the technical specialists that worked for the Secretary of State, I said, do you guys, can you get into this software? Um, we're doing a, a camera. Talk? No, we're doing a camera focus. His okay. camera's a little out of like It's either that or my right eye is not seeing. I, I asked him, I said, look, do you guys as technical employees of the Secretary of State, do you have access to go in and look at the software after an election and tell us that Rex got 27 votes and Duke also got 27. There was a tie. He said, well, no. I said, well, who does? He says, well, the vendor does. It's the, who's the vendor? Dominion. So the secretary of state's own people. I had that same conversation with the chief election officer of the Cato Parish, uh, Cato Parish um, about three months ago. And that's the clerk of court. I said, can you tell us how many votes anybody got? Of course not. He says, of course I can't do that. Because in order to do that, you have to be able to untangle, unravel, get into the software. And you have to be, you have to have the codes test where, or, you know, uh, codes testing or passwords to go ahead and get in the software. And they don't provide that to the Louisiana public officials. Well, the, the e even, even then, even if they could do that until the source code is opened up, being able to get into the software because the software in theory could be manipulated until you can actually see the source code and audit the actual source code. You truly never know. So you're making my point more eloquently than I am because you have more digital knowledge than I do. I had to get somebody to help me do a zoom well, tonight. So don't well, tell that well, to everybody. please. Well, here's the thing. We, paper we can, you're right. Bruce. We, you're right. Paper ballots. We can go all night long on, on the problems with, you know, the different election systems, I, I, the, the, the big system that was being pushed in this election cycle, the ESNS machines with the secured voter verified paper trail. Ooh, it sounds all good and nice. Well, did you hear about the machine changing votes in, I think it was Pennsylvania up there in that county up there in that judge's race? Just here. Guess what? I'm pretty sure it was those verified voter paper trail ESNS machines that that everybody's so big and proud of. But but my point is is I don't think anybody can get out there and and make the case for paper ballots more so than what Brandon Trossclair did during this campaign. And how many votes did he get? We don't know. Well, I mean, I I don't I don't believe that Dominion and Kyle Ardwan gave him credit for all the votes he got. I don't believe that Nancy Landry got more than three times as many votes as he did. I don't believe it. And well, and they well, can't prove that it happened because less than until they're willing to let some uh, national elite forensic computer analysts get in there and audit the data and tell us who won. Well, 
I would somewhat right. agree with that. I would somewhat agree with that. I mean, because on the flip side of it, if I was playing devil's advocate, I would say, well, do you not think that Jeff Landry got the votes that he got and won right. it outright in the first round? I mean, well, I don't know. you can't yeah, have I mean, it both ways. Well, I'm not saying that he did win outright. I don't know that he did. My understanding is that that wasn't exactly what the polling data is. And if you really want to get politically incorrect, have Jeff Landry well, on this show well, and ask him what he says about elections. Hold, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. So let's, you mentioned the polling data and let's go back to 2016. My wife and I start, and my wife's not very political, but she wanted to stay up and watch the election results on TV because it was the Trump election, Trump and Hillary. All right, 2016. And I'll remind everybody that basically about 9.30 or 10 o'clock central time, Hillary was winning. About if as I remember, about 10, 30, 11 o'clock-ish, it started swinging. And by midnight, 1 o'clock, they were calling it for Trump or pretty yeah. close to it. Now, we can't have it both ways. Why wasn't the election rigged in 2016? Well, I think a lot of analysts believe, and of course, you guys have heard this. You probably know more about it than I do. They say it was. But they didn't rig it enough. They un, oh. they, uh, they 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 say that they underpredicted. All right, but uh, hold on, hold on. No, now, I I, I'm just playing. I'm playing devil's advocate here because I so I don't. You're advocates for Christ. You're I don't. Both of you. I know both of you personally. I don't subscribe to the fact that our elections are completely fair. So that's not what I'm trying to drive at right here. But what I'm getting at is you can't have it both ways. Of all elections, if the uh, liberal left-wing establishment and dominion were going to rig an election, they would have damn sure made sure and rigged it for Hillary. Why they didn't tried. they? I think they tried. And I think that uh, they underestimated the, the, uh, the Trump the Trump surge. And, and this is just a theory, may not be true. I think Trump was so politically incorrect that when they were taking telephone polls and stuff, probably a lot, are you going to vote for Trump? Oh, no, I'm not going to. Then they get in the polls and vote for him. But, but many analysts believe, um, okay, your wife is so smart. Can she speak for me in the future if I ever run for anything? She says it was blankety blank and rigged. They underestimated the, the number of votes for Trump. I, and I, that's what I was trying to say, Kara. But anyway. I think y'all are both wrong. Okay. Uh, uh oh, simplify, think, Duke. I, are you agreeing with your wife on public TV, I, Duke? Your I, wife well, maybe, maybe, maybe I am, but I think y'all are both wrong. I think okay. the truth of the matter is, is I think they, the the deep state, or the people that are the rigging people, whoever they are, them, they, whatever. I think they hated hated Hillary Clinton more than they did Trump, and they didn't go all in on rigging it. I, I think they were like, you know what? We'll take our chances with Trump, but we know her. We don't want none of that crap. I mean, worst case, I'm going to, I'm going to find myself buried in a field in Arkansas somewhere. No way. I'm out on that. <laughs> and then they realized when Trump got in there, ah, you know what? This ain't good for business. This guy's got to go. Well, maybe so, but I'll go back to the simplest answer is probably the correct one. And again, I'm not saying that the elections are completely fair and I'm not saying that they're not rigged. All right. But here's the deal. Again, it goes back to our discussion of Republican versus Democrat. Once the Republican party figures out how to mainstream, put together a message, Trump is the 
closest thing we've got to being able to do it. All right. But until the Republican Party and the RNC and conservatives in general figure out how to get that message out there and convert more people to Republicans or conservatives, whatever, or or get them out to vote better than the Democrats do, then we're going to continue to have these problems, whether we can fix the elections or not. They're breeding faster than we are. I don't know that I can agree with that. I don't know that I can agree with that because I don't think it matters anymore with what they did this last election. I don't think in any election going forward, it even matters because what is, what are people willing to do? What are people going to do? There's a minority of people that are willing to stand up, say something and do something, but there's not enough. There's too many people that are just keeping their mouth shut. They're going along there's people watching this show right now that I argued or I argued with and tried to make sense. I sent them endless studies on election information, you know, in, in since 2020 about the, you know, the, the, all the different machines and the anomalies and, and the different things beat, beat my head against the wall, trying to make them see it. And they, you know what, at the end result, I'm going to say one of the quotes somebody told me, what they said was, they said, the people aren't ready for it. They're not ready for it. And I think that's, I think they're right. I'm not, I don't think they're wrong. I think they're right. I think people are not ready. They, they want the election result, the night of the election. They don't have enough patience to be able to wait, to do it a different way, to be able to wait even a week. You know, let's do paper ballots and, and let's give the people in a, 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 the elections offices a break to where we'll count them over the course of a week, but it's 100% verifiable. We can count them four times back to back to back to back to back, but we got to wait on the result for a week. People are too damn impatient. They can't wait a week. They got to know that night. And that that's the problem. Um, well, y'all are both making great points uh, that we've got to get our message out stronger and, and that the people need, we need to grow up. I mean, we, we have to grow up because problem is if our country goes down, it's not just me. I mean, I'm a little bit north of 60. Again, I hate to admit that. But what about my what about our children? What about our grandchildren? What about and not even just about Americans? We can be a little bit selfish if we want. But let's face it, if we're not here. The Chinese aren't just herding the Uyghurs into concentration camps and sterilizing some and sexually assaulting the women and doing live or, uh, har- uh, organ harvest. They're just, they would have totally wiped them all out if it wasn't for America's presence. Not that we're always perfect and that we certainly don't do everything right. But America goes down, the world's hope for freedom until Jesus Christ comes. You know, Jesus is our ultimate hope. And I look, I totally get it. Donald Trump isn't Jesus. He he is a flawed man. But, you know, someone told me, and maybe I'm getting off track here, but a, a very astute preacher said, well, you know, God's not going to save man, save people through a person, through a man. And I thought about that overnight, and I said, wait a minute. If that's true, I'm going to rip a whole have to rip a whole bunch of sections out of the Bible. Didn't God deliver the Jews through Moses? Didn't he use Joseph to deliver Jesus away from the attempts to kill him? Didn't he use Joshua to lead the people into the promised land? Didn't God use Deborah to have the people rise up against the Philistines? Didn't God use uh, over in Isaiah to preach justice and say, look, we got to get back to, to integrity? 
God uses people all the time. And, um, and Donald Trump is a man that imperfect. I, I mean, he, sometimes he just makes my blood, you know, something, some things he does are wrong, but I feel like God was using him. And I think he was standing up. Um, you know, he did some beautiful things along the way that people lose track of. He, uh, you know, uh, when the, the woman was in jail for 25 years on her drug charge, it was a serious charge, but you know, she turned into a born again Christian, an evangelical Christian, and she was preaching to the young women in the prison and making a huge difference. And after 20, 25 years, Kim Kardashian bugged me, said, you know, I'm going to give her a second chance. That was beautiful. You know, when the black guy got beat to death by cops in Memphis, was he calling out his mom's name? You know, I respect it. I'm, you know, I'm a guy that's a thousand percent pro-police uh you know i just think they don't get especially in shreveport gosh they don't get appreciated and they have tough jobs and they're undermanned and overworked and underpaid and politicians don't back them up but he said in that instance he said that was a tragedy and i respected him you know he was rising to a a, a point of uh, of integrity and authenticity he, he has some moments that are great for this nation and you know, if we get tied up with, you know, and I, I spent a, an election cycle listening to pretty speeches, and I said then, and I'll say it again, it's not about who makes the prettiest speeches. About It's not about policy. It's about who, I like this, God doesn't choose the prepared, he prepares the chosen. That's so good. By the way, all the smartest things that I'm saying in this thing, I'm taking, I'm taking from the text that you're, um, so, I don't know what right. I was going to say. I forgot. Well, and we'll kind of start. Uh, well, we can keep going as long as you want because we've done three and a half hour shows. But so we had the question from, let me put it back up on the screen, from Dee Dee Clark. She actually asked it earlier. She said, would you, Mr. Milkovich, ever consider running for Bessie again? You had my vote last time. So the question is, what's on your roadmap? Well, you know, I don't really know. Uh, my wife hopes I never run for anything again. So uh, if. But, you know, this is what I say. I think we need to really get our handle on these election issues. I think we need to get to paper ballots. And and honestly, I could live, you know, we've had some bad election results where we got out there and we told our story. And I felt like it wasn't even my message. I felt like it was a people's message. Again, I think like Joe the bartender or not in. But I think the people need to win every election. And I have no confidence that that's happening right now. And... and I think the paper ballots do work. And to your point, Duke, you know, Abraham Lincoln was elected on, on paper ballots. And do you know, and Randy Russ, who you guys need to have on your show, you probably already have, he said that Abraham Lincoln's presidency was announced. And that was in a day before telecommunications and electronics and computers and everything. It was known across America through the telegraph. I think that was basically the only uh, overland communications that we had that was Abraham Lincoln's presidential election was known across America in 18, was that, was that 59 or 60? I, don't, I can't remember, but, uh, and that was paper ballots. And if you have people working in precinct, and Randy Russ had done a great job, John Scanlon, Craig Skiro, those guys, uh, Susan Barron's father, all these dynamic people in Louisiana. And by the way, they're all smarter. They all know more about elections, so you need to have them on your show. But they say, look, paper ballots works. You get get four people in a room. You let anyone watch who wants to. The Louisiana Constitution says elections are supposed to be transparent, but that's not happening. We don't know who's getting how many votes. All we have to do, we have to trust the boxes. And did you know that Kyle Ardwas, uh that, that SB 221, that, that well, I don't need to name her name, but 
a bill that got passed in, uh, I think, 2021 or 2020 over my, I, I wasn't in the legislature, but I was fighting hard, it says that they can, the, the Secretary of State can now disable the voting machines so the voting, the votes won't even be tabulated on the machines. They're just going to be tabulated in the ether space, making it easier to cheat and harder to catch people cheating. I, I think all of us have to make election integrity a priority. I'm sorry, I'm saying the same thing over. I, I haven't, you I haven't seen, I haven't seen that. I would like to see that bill if you'll send that to me. I would like to see that. I hadn't seen that or heard that before. Um, that is a new one on me. Um, yeah. But. I, I would agree with you. I think I advocated for paper ballots. I don't think that enough people gave it attention. Um, I, I don't oh, think folks are awake on the issue uh, of election integrity. I think they're still asleep. I think they take it for granted. And yeah, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I got to, I got to tell you in my gut, I think it's too late. I gotta you tell you, you can't give up on our nation. We can't. We can't. I think you know we can't. And look, I'll tell you, I've had times in the last several months, um, and, and of course, you know, this is a wine for a few seconds. I mean, they spent the so-called conservative packs literally spent hundreds of thousands of dollars lying about me, and it turns out, you know, the main one was a, was one that was founded by a guy who lobbies for Communist China, the director of its lo lobbies for Communist China. And the president of it is a guy who tried to get a contractual deal so he could buy a bunch of Louisiana water out of the Sabine River for cheap and sell it to Texas and make a fortune for himself. So those are the people that came after me and a pro common core and anti-Trumpers. And they all said I was a liberal. Well, I mean, they were lying their heads off. But so that's disappointing. But but, but this is the thing. And my pastor, Dave Duran, would tell this to me, you know, six days, you know, six days a week and that many twice that many times till Sunday that look. John, it ain't about you. It's about the people. It's about your children. It's about your wife. It's about your family. It's about. So I'm just telling you, Duke Lowry and Rex Moncrief, you guys, y'all have to stay in the fight. The people in Bossier Parish and Cattle Parish, we're not going to let you, we're not going to let you slack. We're just going to, we're going to make you keep throwing punches. And, and I, I know you guys need to end the show, but I want to say this. I, I want to thank you on behalf of the public. You guys are men of integrity would be so easy on an issue like the secretary of state and this race or that race for you guys just to take a dive and go ahead and get some advertising money like some people do and advertise for dominion and for the establishment rhinos and year after year after year you guys are telling the truth bringing it so duke i'll just tell you i don't believe your story about you're ready to give up at all you're just getting started and and rex is over there <laughs> but you guys wear camo on tv what does that tell the public you guys are ready to go parking lot in any moment. And thank you for doing that. Well, hey, it's uh, look never a dull moment with you on and always an enjoyable discussion. You guys are so <laughs> smart. You guys are so smart. You just. Thanks, John. Well, we will uh, we'll have you on again. And uh, maybe after uh, we get uh, some election integrity uh, issues passed, <laughs> I'll see you in the legislature because I know you'll be down there testifying too. <laughs> hey, we need your help. You guys are very important to our state. So thank you for what you do, uh, Duke and Rex. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, John. Thank you. God bless you. Well, always an interesting discussion with Mr. Milkovich. I didn't know exactly where our conversation was going to go, but I mean, who knew we'd be talking about NAFTA? 
<laughs> NAFTA, Red China. I mean, we pretty much hit the gong. I thought Red Dawn was going to be next. Well, that was one of the best movies ever made, I think. Yeah, it, yes, it was. At the least ori- not the, the original one. one. Anyway. Not, not the remake, the original one. <laughs> Cindy Orr, yep, you're right. Need term limits to save the country. That, that's, that's it. You know, because... Hey. Term limits would cost the lobbyists how much more money because they would always have to be spending more money in the elections and buying the politicians off. Yeah, maybe we could make them go broke. I don't know. We'd end up breaking them. That's right. Yeah, that's something I didn't think about. Speaking of term limits, so we hadn't really talked about the um, status of the term limits in a few weeks, so maybe kind of give everybody just a real quick update summary. How's it going? What's... You know, what's going to happen well, on term limits front? We we have volunteers out there actively collecting signatures. And, uh, you know, there are, there are, you know, petitions coming in. We're, we're getting them in. We need more volunteers. We need more people to collect signatures. We don't have enough people. Um, but, you know, it's moving right along. Uh, with that said, you know, the lawsuit, over the uh, last uh, petition, term limits petition. Um, I think that it's got a court date set for January to where there'll be a hearing and it it will be uh, all hands on deck. You know, um, Stephanie Agee, represented by the AG's office, you know, they filed uh, their response and Colonel Crockett filed his response uh, as well too. So the, the judge, uh, in that case, he's, um, he's, I tell you, he's got a lot to consider there. Um, yeah. Well, and look, the ramifications of this potentially, depending on how the case goes and all that, the ramifications could last quite a while in Bossier city and could have some ramifications for other cities that, you know, have a, a home rule charter and a, a similar type situation. Yeah, I mean, and 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 it's a ruling that uh, is. It's an interesting situation. There's, I don't think that there's been a ruling on this situation. Um, but you you said the key words on a home rule charter. I mean, it, does a home rule charter govern the governance of a city, or does the, you know, state constitution uh, trump that? You know, when the Constitution gives a city the right to have a home rule charter. Uh, That's true. That's something to consider. <laughs> so Ruth Pope Johnston says, who is the judge? And Greg Bell responded, Craig. I believe that's Judge Mike Craig, if I'm correct. Yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting. Um, see how that turns out. Right. So what what else do we got? I, I mean, uh, we so, already kind of touched on Nancy Landry a little bit, you know, while we were uh, conversing with Mr. Milkovich there. So I've, is there anything else you want to say about the Nancy Landry situation? Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I had a little bit of dealings with Nancy Landry a few years ago prior to COVID. I mean, before COVID and before all the election stuff became cool, you know, I was actually trying to get some legislation passed down there, and I dealt with Nancy, not Ardwan, but Nancy. And they were receptive to what I was trying to do. It was, you know, some improvements on signature uh, verification on ballots and stuff like that. And uh, they, they were receptive back then. Um, but I got to tell you, in this race now, I mean, I'm, 
I, I don't, I don't have I, a lot of my friends would disagree. I don't know that I have the uh, full faith and credit in Nancy Landry in this deal. I, I don't, mm. but I think she's fixing to be your next Secretary of State. And um, well, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can convince her to come on the show after the election if she is uh, elected, and maybe we can convince her to come on and have a little chat with us and see how things are going. Yeah. All right. Uh, So let's move into the Johnny Gray Jones Youth Shelter. Now, you know, folks, to be honest, I don't have a lot of, you know, stats and numbers in front of me, but let me share out my screen here. So hold on just a second. Click, 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 click. All right. Let me get this thing set up and then we'll, we'll get into it. So, um, there were some news articles and obviously some movement on this in the mainstream news and all that. Um, there we go. So I put an article up on Bozier Watch and uh, posed the question, has the Johnny Gray Jones youth uh, shelter housed any kids recently? For the longest time, it appeared to me to be shut down. Juliana Parks blamed it in one of the news articles on unfunded mandates from the uh, state. What does everybody else say? And that generated some pretty good conversation. As a matter of fact, uh, several dozen comments from our good friend Barry Butler, Kate uh, Bloomfield, um, Ryan Haygood was chiming in. And so my question is, what does everybody think about the Johnny Gray Jones shelter situation? What should the parish do about it? And, you know... What's the status of that thing? Well, you know, I, I think that I saw a statistic maybe um, where I think it was like 2011, the budget for Johnny Gray Jones was right at a million. And today it was somewhere to the tune of two and a half million. And, um, you know, but that certainly there there is a void there. There was a service that was being provided and there's a void there. You know, where, where that money, where will that money be going? That I think well, is that's a good dollars. question. That's the, yeah. Where's that money going? Is it, is it going somewhere else because of the same reason that there apparently is a lot of dogs being dumped in plain dealing? <laughs> well, maybe they're going to take that money, Duke, and maybe the parish is going to follow Barry Butler's advice and build a first class animal shelter and solve our dog or stray animal problem in the parish. Maybe they're going to do that. Maybe they've had a change of heart. Well, well, word on the street is, is that perhaps um, a lot of animals may not be going to Bossier City uh, as promptly as they were in the past. I mean, I'm hearing the cost of them to go to Bossier City is not exactly the same as it historically was, which may or may not explain uh what's going on in plain dealing hmm uh well yeah so we'll segue to plain dealing here in a second i'm just kind of rolling through some of these comments so anyway uh you know look folks there's a lot of comments already here we'd appreciate seeing even more comments uh barry butler and hey good we're going through some pretty good numbers and kate bloomfield was as well um so speaking of plain dealing though it looks like they may not need an animal shelter for just dogs. It would seem that way. <laughs> um, 
there have been lots of animal sightings, I guess is one way to put it. Um, reports of animals. I mean, the bears are everywhere. And did you know, now <laughs> I'm kind of squirrel moment here. Uh, and that's an interesting choice of terms because of what I'm about to say. Did you know that bears can climb trees? I mean, I've seen bears literally climb trees. I know how fast they can get up a tree. But did you know that they will climb oak trees? And I don't know, maybe they do pecans too. Like squirrels? Like, you know, you go squirrel hunting, you see a tree that's got three or four squirrels running around in it, and you get set up and watch your squirrels and, you know, pick a couple of them off. Did you know that those dadgum bears actually do that? They're... There's a Facebook group, I think it's from Tennessee, about bear sightings in Tennessee and all that. And these people have pictures of bears up in trees, like out on the end of branches, hanging like squirrels, eating the acorns. Now, I don't I, think we have I, any pictures of that yet here in Louisiana because they just go around and eat everybody's corn. But I, I, I had no idea. <laughs> so who, anyway. who knew? <laughs> who knew? See, I'm slowly but surely turning this into an outdoor show, folks. If y'all haven't okay. caught on to that. So what about the cougars? All right. So here's the deal with the I, cougars. Let me uh, let yeah. me find the, the screenshot. Hold on. So this That's will... what I want to know. What, what's up with the cougars? Now, folks, this is a fram family-friendly show. So, <laughs> so when I show this picture of this cougar, you may want to, you know, if you have any younger children, hide hide the children. It's really not that bad. So let me let me switch over here to screenshots. We'll get rid of that from last week. So there was a post in the Plain Dealing Talk Facebook group, and we've highlighted them before. But I want it caught my attention. So it was like yesterday or the day before. Angie Barnett Beard said, "Has any of the hunters around the Rocky Mount area seen a big cat or a bear on any game cameras?" We had something attack our horse and kill her. We have called Wildlife and Fisheries, and they are wondering if any sightings around of a big cat, cougar, panther, mountain lion, which is technically all the same animal, uh, or a bear. I know a bear was seen in plain dealing a month ago. Well, there's plenty of bears up there. Um, and I know a, a mountain lion, you know, or cougar, whatever you want to call it, has been confirmed just a couple of counties north in Arkansas, confirmed by the Arkansas Game and Fish. It was on the game camera. They went up there, confirmed the prints and all that. So, my question is, what is up with all the cougars and the wild animals in the Plain Dealing area? What's You hang out up there, Duke. What's going on? Well, you you said that you wanted to see a big, a big cat. Well, I'll show you a big cat. Let me get it. This, this could be interesting. <laughs> Paul, oh. Paul Black says it's the chupacabra, just saying. Hey, Paul, I literally have a picture I killed a chupacabra. I'll have to go back and dig through and find the shot. I think I showed it on this, on Bozier Watch once upon a time, but I actually did kill a chupacabra, and I've got the picture to prove it. Um, All right, I got you a picture of a big cat. You want to see a big cat? I got one right there. Uh, let's share. see. Whoa, that's a big fat cat. That's a big cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would explain why the uh, mountain lions are coming around, because if there's plenty to eat, I assume they'll eat pigs. I don't know about a pig that size, though. That could be kind of dangerous. Yeah, well, there there's quite a few of them. Uh, let's see. Oop, wrong one. 
Wrong one. Yeah, so remember, we still are live on your screen. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Oh, oh wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, that's a mighty good-looking picture. Yeah, I, I, I kind of recognize that kid. Wrong, wrong cat, wrong cat, but one good happy kid killed a deer. Yeah, anyway. congrats. Got a little meat for the you freezer. See, you, just never, you never know what will happen when you put my share screen on. <laughs> That's why I was trying to warn you. We're still live on your share screen. But I'm not. I'm not done. Wait a minute. Let me see. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you may take me off share screen. <laughs> <laughs> we have bad. no idea where this show is going tonight. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, just it's bad. Anyway. All right. So and so the. That's really the deal on plain dealing. There's been some something going on up in plain dealing. Look, if if y'all know anybody that's got some game cameras up there, have them double check them. You know, there have been there's scattered reports all the time of mountain lions. Oh, I did want to um, I did want to bring up one thing though. Hold on just a second. Let me uh, let me find this in the notes. So give me just a second here. I did actually I think put this one in the notes. I do have something. Do you remember the mountain lion in Bossier City? Anybody remember that? Actual mountain so, lion. Yeah. That that was treed up in a tree in Bossier City back in 2008. So let me uh let me pull I've had the article here. Bear with me just a second. Let me see if I can get this thing pulled up. Do, 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 do. So it's not impossible that a mountain lion uh, or cougar would be in plain dealing. It's just not impossible. Let me get this uh, shared, share Rex's screen. There we go. All right. Let me uh, let me reset this. So see, folks, y'all y'all didn't know what y'all were gonna get into tonight. Watching folks watch. That is the mountain lion. That was off of Barksdale Boulevard down by the river in Bossier City in 2008. They got the wildlife and fishery. It was called in and reported that there was a cat stuck up in a tree because the local folks around there didn't understand what kind of cat it was. And basically the fire department got out there and Bossier PD got out there. And were like, whoa, 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 we got to call wildlife and fisheries. That's bigger than a normal cat. And uh, they ended up trying to tranquilize it and then ended up having to shoot it because the apparently the trank darts didn't do any good and must have pissed the cat off. And, but anyway, I did want to remind everybody that is a mountain lion in Bossier City in 2008 that came up the Red River. Or okay, okay, did. okay. I, I, right. got, I finally got the picture of the cougar. Oh, ha! there we go. <laughs> <laughs> the hot blue-eyed cougar. <laughs> my, my cougar. <laughs> yes. All right. Now we know what you're doing up there, what you're hunting up there, Duke. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you want to get off my share screen. Wait a minute, I might yeah. have another one. No, no. Yeah, there's no that's all I. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. So... <laughs> And honestly, that's all I've got tonight. I mean, it's been kind of a, you know, one of those shows, slow news week in, uh, in Bossier City and Bossier Parish news. Uh, is there anything, anything, oh, you want me to show that one too? Oh, here's you another one. Good yeah. friend of mine, Josh Phelps, little, yeah. little hog we got over little, here on my little property. Little pig killing. 
There's Y'all see Bo in the background behind me there. Bo was uh Bo was handling up that day too. Yeah, yeah, some pretty good tusk on that song guy. All right. So now that we've turned it into a hunting show, into an episode of the outdoor news. Uh hey, I did want to point out and let me change my screen. I do need to uh seriously though, we need we'll go back to sharing something. Uh, okay, one more thing. Actually serious. The Bozier Parish Police Jury agenda for um let's see here, the fifteenth, which that will be oh. tomorrow. Look right there, mm. item number twenty. Consider appointing police jury members to the Library Board of Control. They're doing that again? When did they stop doing it? Well, okay, that's true. You would think they'd learn their lesson with the bad press, but apparently not. They're greedy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Larry Hawkins, I mean, the the parish is not going to go. They're going to fight. You think Bossier City's fault. The parish is going to fall 10 times harder than what Bossier City oh, has sure. fought. Yeah, the, but, the, the city deal is just the warm-up to get ready for the parish fight. Yeah, and, and like Rex always says, you know, you, you, you're not going to change something overnight. It's, it's taken decades to get things in the situation that it is. There's no way you're going to get it changed overnight. It's just not going to happen. Um, hey, I wonder, uh, when is the police jury supposed to come out with their new camera and audio for their meetings? Because it still sucks. I don't know. Maybe it'll be, uh, maybe it'll be this week. Hmm. Well, we maybe can hope. So. Hopefully so. Yeah. All yeah, right. So, the, are <laughs> we going to even... Colonel Crockett says, we heard your cougar laugh in the back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, all right. Are we even going to talk about, is there any point in even talking about the school superintendent? I mean, what, Oh, Jason Rowland. So yeah, if, if y'all didn't know, uh, we still got about 30 some people watching. Um, if y'all didn't know, Jason Rowland is probably going to be the new Bossier Parish school board superintendent because he's literally the only one that applied, I guess. I mean, now, I, I don't know if it's, that, if it's really good happen? or bad or what. Now, how does that happen? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, how much, how much does the superintendent get paid? I six figures, but, you know. Oh, that's I right. Mean, I forgot. You're, you're Back during the 2019 tax ordeal, we looked all those salaries up. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it, would, have, it would seem that that's the Bozier way. Yeah. That you, I, you got that, superintendents that are just anointed. So I mean, you're saying this was decided before it's going to be decided. It had to be decided because we called it mo- no. weeks weeks ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, we said who it was going to be and nobody else even apparently put an application in. How does that happen? Well, I and I don't think we even talked about is it a good thing or a bad thing? I, I may have already shared, but I'll share again real quick. You know, because, of course, you know, I'm in heavy into the high school fishing deal and all that. And Jason Rowland was literally the principal when my boys were at Airline and went to Jason Rowland and said, hey, we want to try to get started to get a high school fishing team started. He said, and I quote, oh, there's not enough interest in that. Fast forward a few years, Airline High School decided to join the fishing league. They had 27 teams the first year. Yeah, I, I, I just, I got to tell you, I mean, 
I, 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 I am troubled that we, we're not even competing stuff. We don't, we don't shop as, as the King said in Bozier city, we don't shop. Well, apparently in education in Bozier, we don't shop either. We don't, we don't even consider any alternatives. It's one, you're either a coach. And if you're not a coach, you're not to be considered for running, you know, the education system in Bozier. And I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that we have, we have doubled down on the good old boy system in Bozier and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about Jason Rowland. I'm, I don't know the man to say anything bad about him. Right. I, I know a lot of stories, a lot of situations. I know that uh, when it comes to bullying, there's some questionable stuff in Bozier regarding him. I think he toes the line when it comes to uh, the money in in Bozier as it goes for the school system. But I, why why did nobody else apply? Why was there, yeah, is there no the other teachers qualified or no other teachers that would even desire it? Or is it just that they well, know look, it's the Bozier way and they know that there's no way in hell I'd even get consideration. So why try from a school board? That's not even going to try. Or, or maybe it's, it's both ways. I, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what the answer to that question is. I really don't. You, you, or, you or, know, I'm going to throw it out there. I, I got an idea. You know what I think Bozier needs to do? What's that? independent school districts. Hmm. Yeah. You've mentioned that before and I agree. I think Bozier ought to consider independent school districts. I mean, have a North Bozier school district, a Bozier city school district, South Bozier or Halton school district out, break them up. Yeah. That's what Texas does. And you don't hear yeah. too many people complaining. I mean, I'm sure it's not, you know, all, roses and carnations over in Texas either, but you don't hear too many people complaining about Texas schools. That is one, one thing about Texas or one of the things about Texas that people actually generally have really good things to say is the school systems over there. Not that they're perfect, well, but well, I mean, look, if, if airline high school, if the airline district, if they want to, or that, that independent school district, they want to be the shiznit in Louisiana in athletics, then you know what? You can spend all your money on athletics and don't pay your teachers crap. And then if, say, the Benton or the Halton District or the Parkway District down there, they want they wanted to say, hey, we don't want to be the athletic district. We want to be the, the education district. We want to be the brainy district. And they pay all the teachers to ensure that, you know, you got nothing but smart people pumping out of there and you got the best teachers, they'll put more money towards that. And yeah. isn't that a form of capitalism? <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Well, um, you know, supply and demand and well, all of that good stuff. But here's the thing is moving that needle or moving that ship. You know, once that cruise ship's going, it's almost impossible. It's kind of like the situation like you were talking about with, with voting and, and maybe the direction the country is slowly but surely headed in. Can you turn the ship? Can it actually be turned? Can, can you just nudge it enough to prolong the inevitable? 
Well, it, it's going to take citizens and it's going to take people in the public standing up to take action to move things. And I don't know. I don't I don't know that there's enough people interested on changing things. There's just not. I would agree. We're, we try to get on our soapbox for a couple hours every week and, and try to move the needle just a wee little bit. Speaking of which, next week is Thanksgiving week. Are we going to do a show next week or shall we just do a rerun, take a week off? I say we skip a week, let everybody have a break, unless um, there is a, I, I got to look, isn't there a uh, city council meeting? Are they actually going to have it next week? Maybe so. Uh, I don't know. I, I think so. We'll have to play it by ear. Yeah. We'll, we'll make a poster announcement anyway. We, we may or may not have a show next week. Either way, we'll definitely be on the following week. And yeah, if they have a city council meeting and something's uh, newsworthy, we'll, uh, we'll come on next Tuesday and have a little bit of a show. Well, and I, and I may, I think, be at one of those, uh, one of those uh, Lafayette meetings next Tuesday too. Need to check that as well. So, hey, and remind me, I need to talk to you about some information about that. Yep. I got Sound a like a plan. So anyway. All right. Well, look, folks, we appreciate, uh, we didn't have as nearly as big a crowd tonight. Honestly, it was kind of a, a you know, like we said, a slow political week. We do appreciate John Milkovich coming on. He is uh, always entertaining and definitely likes to get his points across. No doubt about it. No doubt. Have a good All night. Right. We'll see y'all later.